Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast this Wednesday, March 1. We've got Damien Cook for the first time this year coming up shortly, the South's hooker. Just some news around the traps, though. In regards to the Socceroos, well, Graham Arnold's set to lead us against Ecuador in the FIFA International window in March for two games, and that'll be our first matches, of course, since the World Cup, the next major tournament for the Socceroos is the Asian Cup, and that's in Qatar next January. The Matildas, by the way, locked in their final match before the World Cup later this year, and they'll play fifth-ranked France, and that'll be at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne June 14. And our World Cup opener against Ireland at a core stadium here in Sydney is July 20. Uh, Nick Kyrgios is struggling to recover from knee issues that kept him out of the Australian Open, so he's set to miss the tournaments in Indian Wells and Miami. Will he play at Roland Garros is the question. Is he intended to, as he wanted to take his girlfriend to the City of Love? Doesn't really usually play, or hasn't in the past few years there at the French Open. Uh, now, <laughs> hang on. Well, that's what he said. Yeah, but he can still, he can take it he can take it to France anytime he likes. He doesn't need to play. Yeah, well, that's true too. But... Or a little tax rebate. <laughs> I'm over there for work. Claim a bit back. Hey. <laughs> I think he can take it to Paris any time he likes, whether he decides to play or not. I'd like to see him back out on the court, though. Yeah, so he's... Uh, well, he had a bit of a clean-up of his meniscus, mm. but they also found another tear in there, so he's struggling to get back from that. Nick Kyrgios, but uh, who is back is Cookie. And get the game you want, by the way, when you want this NRL season on KO. 11 Bunnies games, exclusive to Fox League, available on KO. New to KO, start your free trial today. Hello, Cookie. There you go, mate. Yeah, really well, thanks, mate. Great to have you back for another season. Tell us about your off-season. How would you get away from footy? No, the off-season was good. Thanks for Loz not picking me in the World Cup side, so I got the, the summer off. Um, <laughs> as I've oh. always said, Cookie, uh, it was the other blokes, not me. Uh, no, no, I'm solid as a lemonade sandwich. Oh, yeah. that is a great start. <laughs> so we we uh, had, a, had a good um, good break, and I got a good off, uh, pre-season, in which was much needed, I feel, so I feel really good. For the season ahead, so um, yeah, looking forward to it, mate. And and coming into this season, I mean, this is a bunny side that's played in at least a preliminary final for five straight years. So why should South fans be optimistic, Cookie, that he can get over this hump? Mate, yeah, it is um, sort of pretty good what we've done the last five years, but obviously we're judged on uh, how many competitions we've been. Um, what I can say about this year's. Um, you know, the boys are we're, we're in great shape and we've got no changes to the side this year. No one's coming to our squad and I feel like um, the standard of training has been much higher. So, you know, that standard of training is only going to improve us as a team and going to make us a better team going to, um, against a better team. So um, it's just about mindset though. Once we get to the big stage and uh, we're in the finals, we've just got to make sure it counts. And, um, you know, what we've been left behind in, in past years is probably just parts of the game where we might we might uh, lack for a little bit of 10 minutes, 15 minutes and teams get some points on us. Uh, like in the last prelim, right before half-time, that's when Penrith really got themselves back into it. So there's a little mindset still stuff which we've been working on in the pre-season um, and that's all we can do, mate, is continue to try and get better and have another crack. Yeah, you've got a settled squad, Cookie, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are thinking that South Sydney can go to that next step. So compare, you know, training last off-season and in particular your your ball work sort of sessions, skill-based sessions. And, you know, with 12 months under a guy like Lachlan Ilias's uh, belt, how much improvement have you seen in a guy like him? Yeah, so with the, the squad settled and, like you said, a year under their belt, you know, last year, this time last year, or probably like before Christmas, um, for the 
last preseason, um, you know, would do a scrimmage NRL versus sort of the, the reserve grade side, and it'd be quite NRL dominant. Um, and we wouldn't get too much out of where this year we feel like the, um, the reserve grade team's really putting up a fight and really been really competitive and making us all better players. Uh, for Lockie last year, he, I thought he had a great season for his first year, chucking the halfback to run the show. But um, this year in the, in the offseason, really noticed his his voice, more dominant voice on that on that side of the field and uh, demeaning the ball much better, which is um, just shows how confident he's getting within himself and his ability. And we're just going to make sure we do the right job around him to allow him to do his part because we I don't think we've seen his, his natural talent that he brings out in the game just yet. Uh, we've seen glimpses of it, but no doubt the more comfortable he gets, he's, um, he'll bring that out as well. Cookie, we've seen a lot of guys missing round one due to injuries throughout pre-season. Has, has anything changed in regards to what you guys did uh, in the lead-up to, to this first game with your pre-season? Like, it, it's unbelievable how many big fish are, are not available for selection. Yeah, it's, um, obviously, Nico Hines been out this week uh, is, a, is a big one. Uh, but, no, I wouldn't say too much. But we do have some injuries ac- across the board um, as well, and, that, and that's just part of the game. But, you know, early in, there's no... I think probably teams are looking at it. There's no point trying to rush them back just for the early uh, one or two rounds. Um and doing further damage where you can just hold them out for maybe a couple of weeks and then it's going to be uh, you know, better for the team in the long run. So mm. I think it's just the start of the season. Uh, she knows whether to push players or not, and uh, it's probably right to hold them back a little bit. We talk about Latrell every year, and, and I guess the one thing that was spoken about last year was uh, the improvement to his fitness and how good he did look when he came back from that hamstring injury where he went to the States. How's he travelling mentally, physically? And again, I, I think we've seen very clearly the importance of, of him being a part of your 17. Yeah, definitely, mate. He's very important of what we've got going on here. We're going to win a competition. We've got to have him on the field and fit and fire. And mm. and, uh, and that's what he's been. He's come back this year in, in the best shape I've seen uh, to start off the pre-season, uh, which is only good signs for us as a, as a team and for himself as well. And uh, mentally, you know, off the field, he's had a, a couple of things go on, but the way he's handled himself away just shows his maturity and leadership around the group. So um, I'm pretty proud of where he's at at the moment. Cookie, tell us about the impact Sam Burgess, uh, what he's had since returning amongst the coaching staff there. Yeah, mate, they're um, obviously just trying to pay out his contract still from when he was playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's been really good. As soon as he walked in the club, he's obviously got the respect of the playing group straight away of what he's done for this club. Um, and, you know, especially for the forwards, you know, we, we've really enjoyed having him there. Just, um, you know, obviously a defensive coach, um, setting the tone there and the standards of where it should be. And for me personally, obviously, I played alongside him as well. So he's been really good at communicating back to the other forwards um, you know, about how, how I play and sort of helping build those combinations that we used to have when we played together. So I feel like he's been really good to have another set of eyes on me as well. Just on your defence then, Cookie, and not yours personally, but as a team with Sam being the defence coach. And last year, at times, you mentioned there earlier that you conceded. And when you conceded, you conceded plenty of points in a short period of time, not only uh, mentally do you have to be uh, right to go, but what have you changed anything significantly in terms of your structure? Um, how are you going to go about it this this year? No, not not so much uh, with the structure. How we're going to defend at all we haven't really changed. But uh, like I mentioned before, it's more of a mindset and not just leaking those easy points. We looked at a lot of tries last year that uh, were very stoppable, and, and that's what we've got to. Um, make sure we've just got more pride in our line when we're defending it. So that's probably the big one that he's trying to instill in us at the moment. And um, and it's up to us to, to do that on the field as well. But 
uh, looking back on some of the, the points that were scored and the tries that were scored, there's a lot of ones where it's just a lapse in um, concentration and that's where we've just got to be better uh, throughout the whole game. Tough start, Shark Park, Saturday night. We mentioned before, no Nico Hines, but uh, what's unique about playing this Shark side under Craig Fitzgibbon? Yeah, no, it's um, obviously we've played them a couple of times last year, close in a, in a one-point at Shark Park, so it's, uh, we know we're in for a big game there. It always is when we go down to Shark Park, they, they pack out their stadiums, but uh, we fit you there now. They're a very disciplined side uh, with a lot of skill as well. Obviously, won't have Nico there this week, but uh, you know, I thought they were one of the top teams in the trials. Uh, I thought they, they played really well both games, so uh, no doubt uh, they'll be there at the end of the year as well again, and um, hopefully we can get this, the season off to a good start. We'll win. Uh, have you looked at many of the other teams, and do you see a team like the Cowboys were last year, Cookie, that possibly surprised everyone? Or do you see it sort of being the same sort of teams that were there or thereabouts last year? I think a, a few of the eight will still be there, um, you know, up the top there. But I think uh, the Broncos will learn a lot from last year. Um, you know, when they went on a great run and then they just, they sort of at the end of the season, you know, fell out of the eight. So I think they'll learn a lot from there. And I'm sure Renault will keep them, keep them going and, um, you know, make sure they're in the eight come, this, come the end of this year. So they've got a great side on paper. They're just got to, and when they play best, they're good footy. They're, they're very hard to beat. So I can see them well and truly in the eight this year. Here's your chance to make a hero of yourself for first cross of the year, Cookie. What's your tip? <laughs> Don't get it wrong, Cookie. Uh, I've got Black Duke at Warwick Farm today. I think it's the eight race. Okay. Double checking. Black Duke, is it? Race eight, Warwick Farm, and it is Black Duke is number six, $3.90 for Kong Karakatsanis, Karen McAvoy in the saddle, barrier three. $3.90, Cookie, we'll take that. But uh, good luck for Saturday night. Great to have you on board again. Enjoy the season, mate. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Give us a call, 1353 53. Send us a text, 0419767272. When uh, Jono tells me he's made a separate podcast for all our top eight selections that we did uh, about half an hour or so ago. So wherever you get your podcasts, just search for Big Sports Breakfast, and there they will be, our top eights. Oh, I, can't, I can't wait till the finals hit and we get absolutely abused for getting it so wrong. How many do you reckon you'll get right? Uh, I think Anything I'll, above I four think I'll is get, pretty yeah, good. I, think five, five. I reckon five's a pass. Mate. I reckon I'll get five right. Five out of my eight. Yeah. Five's a pass, five, Mark. Well, if you get five out of eight, yeah. that's a pass. Not for mate. you. No, you should be getting eight. You're an expert. Yeah, that's it. You're an expert. Pl- expert player, yep. expert coach. Yeah. Rugby league legend. Rugby league legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, poor selector, if you ask Cookie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you should be getting eight. It's like you're asking me who's going to win this test match. I should know straight away. Do you know? Who? No. <laughs> 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 uh, I'll be watching this test match today. Yeah, me too, actually. Absolutely, yeah. we will be. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah. I know, I know we're talking I'm it up a bit, so you know, there's a lot, the lot to get out of this test match, but I want to see how we go if we lose the toss. I don't. I want to win the toss. Yeah. I'd like to win the toss and make 340 or more, mm-hmm. and then I'd like to see us improve from what happened last test match. When we got India on the ropes, we knock them over. I'd like to see our batting on day one. I'd like to see the batters, especially if they change their plan, I'd like to see them have the best of the batting conditions to give them some confidence. 
So what I'm saying in regards to change their batting plan, I'd like to see a lot of the boys start their innings with a straight bat and hit the ball with the spin. Yep. And then once they get in, go for your life. Sweep away. So obviously, um, India will be aware of that. Well, yeah. So, well, they, they'll, they'll be thinking, well, the Australian I, players. I, so do you, set a field, reckon, so you set a field to encourage you maybe to do this? Yeah, you could. I don't think India would have thought about Australia <laughs> one bit there you go, in their week off. I reckon they went back with their families and could not care less. They're thinking, yeah. we know what the pitch is like. We know we've only got one decision to make. Is Kale Rahul opening the batting or is somebody else coming in? Sounds like they're going to stick with Kale Rahul. So now they would not have given cricket one thought. Mm. So they'll do exactly what they've done in the first two test matches and wait for Australia to make mistakes. Because you're going to be a brave Australian player early in your innings to go a sweep. <laughs> so, so, so if you India... You're probably trying to win. Leave a little, no forty-five or bring sweeper up. You yeah. could, but I or don't you think, wouldn't do that. I well, you could. Yeah, yeah. If, if you, I don't think India, like I say, will be. They'll just know we just got to bowl the ball here, and Australia will find a way to play a bad they'll, shot. They'll get themselves out. I think that's what they would be thinking. Yes, yeah. which again, that's prob- that could be. I'm hoping that's underestimating the Australian batsman. Mm. That's what I hope. But in the first two Test matches, India have been right. You bowl it here, and Australia will try and sweep or reverse sweep and yeah. get themselves out. Now, all right. So, so you, you obviously talk about your plans before you, you go out to bat. Yeah. All right? That's a given. Yep. So if someone does get out early in their innings, what what are you saying? Do you, do, you, do you say anything to them during the game or wait till it's over and say, mate, you're not following our plans here. Oh, you're man. out. I'm, I'm, if I'm captain yep. and one bloke tries to sweep against the spin at yeah. the start uh, of their uh, innings, I'm going off my brain. Oh, you're not walking into the change room. No. I, I'm, I'm saying if I'm batting coach or Steve Smith, the best player in the – I'm saying, boys, let's just focus on all we care about is 100 balls. We're going to get through. So as a partnership, whenever you walk out to bat, the first 100 balls we come together as a partnership, that is our focus. And we're going to swim between the flags. We're going to go straight bat, unless it's a pie, unless it's a full toss, hit it for six. If it's short, pull it for four. That's fine. But we're going to go straight bat, if in doubt, play with the spin. We're not going to sit and block, block, block. We're We're looking to rotate strike. So I want my partner backing up. I'm going to look to move my feet forward or move my feet back. If I get a bad ball, I'm going to get back and cut it for four or get back and pull it for four. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, be, I'm going to be sharper, not slower. Hmm. Sharper with my movements, sharper in my mind, but I'm just going to swim between the flags for our first 100 balls as a partnership. Then once we get in, let's talk about, you know, I reckon I can take this guy. I reckon he's, you know, Ashwin's just bowling a bit further outside off than he probably wants at the moment. If I try and sweep, I reckon I'm outside the line. I'm going to take that on. Even get them to move their mid-wicket to a 45. Now that opens mid-wicket. Now I can take that ball outside off to mid-wicket for a single. Just, of course, you've got to play the game. But already looking at the pitch, what I saw yesterday, the photos, the wicket's going to be exactly the same as the first two test oh, matches. It looked like the first one where it had green in the middle. It's got, yeah, but bear, bear at the end. Exactly yeah. like um, the first test watch was. Mm. So I, I think they know what they're in for. And also, I think the mental discipline to say it's not sit and block. It's not, it's not what past players are saying. Just no. sit there and block it and block it and block it. Because yeah, you will get one that you could nick to sleep or get caught bat pad. But try and get as close to that ball as you can. 
So try and get it on the full worst-case half volley. If not, try and get as far back in your crease as you can so you can let the spin finish and then take it with the spin. But Ashwin, if I'm a right-hander, majority of my shots are going to the leg side. Jadeja, if I'm a right-hander, majority of my shots are going to the offside at the start of my innings. Mm. Playing back against spin over yes. there. Yes, is good it, option. Is it, is it slower off Definitely slower yeah. than in Australia, but lower. So you play back with low hands. The key to all of this, Matt, is watching the ball out of the bowler's hand. If you see any air, you get down there. If you feel like it's flat and fast, you back. can play right back on your yep. stumps, let it spin all its way, defend, block. Use your pad, you know, if they're coming over the wicket, the left arm orthodox. Use your pad to kick it away, wait to that ball. Like, there's so many little things where I just think it's batting common sense. We have to be smarter with our shot selection. That was our next national coach, Clarkie speaking. Oh, no <laughs> chance. No chance. That's my coaching for the year. Good luck, good luck boys. And, 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 and. Always easier sitting in an air-conditioned room like I am now than actually going out and doing it on the pitch. I've got plenty of ducks in India, let me tell you. I'll tell you what, if someone sweeps early in their innings, oh. you should never play for Australia again. Well, <laughs> if somebody sweeps against the spin, if against somebody's that. trying to sweep Jadeja, mm. a right hand is trying to sweep Jadeja, or a left hand is trying to sweep Ashwin at the start of their innings and they get out, I would be walking to the other side of the ground. I would not be going back into the change room. Yesterday, New Zealand beat England by one run in the second test there at Wellington. So that series is drawn one all. Uh, There's some FA Cup games on this morning. Manchester City are at Bristol City and Manchester City leading 1-0. Foden scoring after seven minutes. Fulham are leading Leeds 1-0 at halftime. Blackburn are leading Leicester 1-0, 1-0, and that's 50 minutes gone. And Brighton are leading 1-0 at Stoke after 68 minutes in that match this morning. Uh, in fact, there was, a, there was another test taking place over in South Africa. And last night at Stumps, uh, South Africa up against the West Indies. South Africa 8 for 314 at Stumps in that test. Uh, that's at Centurion, which Centurion's... Pretoria, it's, just yeah, north it's, of Joburg. It's about an hour drive from Joburg. They changed captains too, South Africa. Yeah, Bavuma, who got a globe last night. Uh, Aidan Markram, who I don't think was picked for the series down here in Australia. He made 115. Not much from anyone else. Uh, 28 was the net. Oh, no, sorry. Elgar, Dean Elgar made 71. Three for, right. three for 250 or something. So they were, they were none for 141 before Elgar got out for 71. Sorry, I missed his score. And then they were... Th- they were then one for 221. One for 221. There you go. And then... Massive collapse. Yeah, so they're for eight for 314 at Stumps. Yeah, a bit of a collapse, though, for sure. Uh, so that's day one of that test match against the Windies. Indies. Who's got, who got the wickets for the Windies? Azari, Azari Joseph. Joseph. Okay. Three for quick. 60. Good quick. He oh, bowled right out here yeah, too, didn't bad. he? Not bad. Not bad, a bit short. Keemar still playing? Yeah. Roach I saw still, him playing yeah, last still, night. Yeah. He's still going. The Roachster. I didn't see the chain. No, he didn't look close enough. It'll be there. It'll be there. Big, thick gold one. <laughs> yeah, it's a big chain. <laughs> Heavy. Yeah. Be worth playing. Imagine that, smacking the teeth as you're running in the bowl. Oof. Some of your top eights you've given us as well. Rod from Nowra has the Sharks. Surprise, surprise from the Roosters, Souths, Manly, Panthers, Cowboys, Six, Storm, Seven, Bulldogs, Eight. He's got the Dragons with the spoon. As a Sharks fan, it couldn't be any better, says Rod at Nowra. <laughs> Did you both have Manly in your eight? Yes. Yes. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, couldn't get the Bulldogs here. in, couldn't get the Broncos in. No, Bulldogs to me still a couple of key positions yeah. short. Fullback looks an issue for them. Yeah. Cole Flanagan at half, the uncertainty around him and missing a couple of forwards early in the season uh, might affect them. Um, but they've certainly recruited very well. Uh, Polar from Balgala has my eight. Roosters, Souths, Panthers, Cowboys, Manly 5, Paris 6, Raiders 7, Storm 8, Spoon Dragons, says Polar from Balgala. Night Owl Nev says, Pup, another season, another, another cellar dweller, New South Wales in the Sheffield Shield. Uh, just on that too, just on our, I guess, production line, Michael Vaughan sort of had a bit of a whack at us in the News Corp paper saying our real issue was our inability to now produce great players. Saying that, what? you know, we've got to be honest, we used to be a conveyor belt, talking about Australia. You know, Australia used to have a conveyor belt of players coming through state cricket. Where are they now? Hang on. Vaughan asks. So hang on. We've got, let's go top 10 batters in the world. We've got Smith, Labashane, Travis Head. Is Warner in the top 10? Add Warner. There's four Australians in the top 10 batters are in the they, world. Are those four all in the top 10 at the moment? Well, three of them would be. Smith, Labuschagne, and Head would be for sure. And I don't know if Warner Head could make the team in the first Th- test. That's my point, though. But let's say <laughs> there's four in the top 10 that are Australian. Mm. Let's go bowlers. Hazelwood, Stark, Cummins. Well, you could have Hazelwood. Well, he hasn't played I, any test matches. I, I see what I'm saying. You got like I, I think that's go easy. We're we're still producing good enough players. We're just not playing good enough. We're not no. producing anywhere like the conveyor builders, to use Vaughan's yeah. word, as we were when, when does, you were coming. When does in, when does England start their conveyor build? Because they've never produced the talent we have. Give me a break. I like it, Vaughny. Please, I think he's got a point. Mate, of course. Okay, we're not producing Shane Warne, Glenn McGrath, Matthew Hayden, Ricky Ponning. That's a fair call, but show me a country that does produce that talent. That's a once-in-a-lifetime generation, Matt. But I- we had 20, 25 years there where we had a host of players in Sheffield Shield averaging high 40s, but, even 50, you know, Darren yeah, but, Lehman, but let's be, who couldn't make the test. But let's be honest Martin now, Lush, we actually Stuart don't Moore. know what's going on in Sheffield Shield because it's not watched. It's not supported. <laughs> Or invested in. Or invested in. It's mm. exactly right. A lot has changed in that time. You know, we go back... 2020 cricket's taken over for starters. So go back, not this World Cup, the World Cup before. We won that. So we're obviously producing enough 2020 talent. We're still, like I say, we've still got enough players in the Australian 11 that are in the world rankings compared to other... How many England players are in the top 10 in the world? James Anderson? Possibly Broad. Not sure. Broad, Broad wouldn't be in the top 10. In their batters, who have they got? Joe Root? Yeah, Brooks had a big season. Brooks not in the top 10, though. My God. On, on his record over the last 12 months, he would have to be close, wouldn't he? I'm going to Google it and find out. All right. Harry Brook. In the meantime, we're going to talk some uh, timber sports again because the Australian Championship is this weekend in Adelaide. And we spoke to Brad DeLosa last week, who won the men's competition. And uh, we're about to speak to, well, Debbie Clissold, a Tamworth native who won the title back in 2018 when it was on the Gold Coast. The defending champ this year, uh, heading into this year's competition, is Amanda Beams from Tasmania. But Debbie Clissold is joining us now. Very good morning to you, Debbie. How are you? Good morning. Thank you. I'm pretty good. That's good. What are the confidence levels heading into this weekend there in Adelaide? Oh, 
this it's a, such a, a high intense competition. Um, you can actually beat yourself at this comp- competition. Basically, um, just one mistake and and you're at the bottom of the of the board. And how has I guess the level of competition changed in your time competing in timber sports? It's it's actually really improved the um, the amount of, of talent that's coming through. Um, we are competing with the top six um, at the Australian Championships, but um, we, we, we've got younger competition coming through. The, the, the ground roots are building new and younger and very talented uh, ex-ladies. Ex How did you get started in the sport, Debbie? Are uh, your family involved or you just saw it on TV or went to a show and, and saw it? Or How did you get started? Uh, my husband actually started me in it. Um, we're, we're very late to the sport, Um we we run a tim. We're in in the, the timber industry and, and love timber. Um, you know, we 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 work with it. We play with it basically. Yep. Um, and he started about thirty six, and I got sick and tired of sitting on the sidelines. I thought this is ridiculous. I I got to do something. So I, I I picked up an axe and then gone from there. Uh, Debbie, have. you must have fond memories of the event after winning in two thousand eighteen. It was. It was actually a shock to myself. Um, I sort of had had no. Uh, it just fell in my lap. I was very lucky. Let's say I was very lucky. It was a, I didn't expect to win, but um, yeah, you take what you can get um, in this competition. As I said, you can have heartbreak. Um, Amanda has had a heartbreak um, uh, once before, not not last year, but the year before. Um, she DQ'd in two two. If you DQ in one event, because we only do three events, if you DQ in one event, your competition's over. So there's three, uh, well, three disciplines, I guess: the underhand chop, the stock saw, uh, and single buck. So, what is what's your sort of your strengths and weaknesses, I guess? Um, I'm pretty consistent again uh, in the underhand and the single saw. Um, about midfield in all, all of that, the stock saw is what really, and it's all to do with the the thing on the top of your shoulders is is is, is mind is to get that right and not panic, basically. Debbie, hmm. with like training, is it all about um, just like using the wood and using the axe and stuff like that, or do you have a uh, like running sessions? Do you have like gym work? How do you prepare? Well, I've just I've just done a, a gym workout this morning, so I've just done a, a light stretch because we've got competition on Saturday. Um, but I, I go to the gym consistently t- twice a week, um, yeah. so it's more strength. But with with the axe and with the soaring, um, you can be the Biggest bloke out there, um, but if you've got no technique, you, somebody that's that's you know weighs forty five kilos can beat you. Right. Um, it's it's a lot of it's, it's technique. The way you present the axe to the wood, the way you hit the axe to the wood, the way you get the axe out of the wood, and then that whole movement, the whole from from the top down to the bottom when you hit that hit that. It, there's a big difference. It's a lot of it's the same thing with cricket. It's timing. All timing about timing, Deb. That's yep. the way. See, me don't yep. have a chance. Watch yep. me go with the axe, boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what is the? Don't, don't do a, Don't do somebody else's axe where they throw it, though. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I might stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> and Debbie, what has the sport done for you? And you know, not just I guess you know, in as far as sense of achievements concerned, but you know, tangibly. I mean, what extent? Is the impact of it had financially, for instance, for you? Oh, it, it, it's not. It's not a, 
the financial. We, we all have to have a, an outside job, yep. but it's more social. Um, we, we compete with with people over over all over the world, sort of thing. It's a uh, Europeans. A it, it's it's really like supporters, fan supporters is really really strong in the in the steel timber sports. Um, but socially, it's great. The people that you, you cut with, and, and even though you're in competition, it is a competition at the end of the day. But you're all great mates at the end of the day, and it's just we're all sort of uh, all having a bit of fun. Deb, any sledging at home with husband Daniel, or are you on the same team helping each other out? Oh, let's just say it's uh, I have broad shoulders. And I guess a, a dream for you all, and I asked this to Brad last week, would you'd love to see Timber Sports say get included in what, a Com Games and Olympic Games potentially, considering as some of the other sports I guess we see as well. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. Um, look, COVID put a great big hit to everything, all the local shows, because wood chopping goes through the local shows and whatever. And just having that two years off of no local shows has been a struggle for people to to turn around and get back at the competitions. So, um, look, we, we are very strong in the sport. We have been for years. Australia's won the, the, the Champions Trophy many times. Brad's won the trophy many, many times, the world title, as well as the team's event and whatnot. Um, you know, we're very strong in the sport. Um, so after this, this, you know, we've got people coming from, from other places to, to come and compete over here um, later in the year. But, um, you know, it's just, it's great. We should be able to push it through with, with other sports that are, the, that are on the sidelines, basically. Um, there's no reason why wood shopping. Well, it's very mm. built up. Well, Debbie, very good luck to you this weekend. Enjoy the Australian Championship there in Adelaide at Glenelg. Hope you're celebrating after it. Thank you. Thanks so much. Debbie Cliss no. old there. And uh, from Temworth and competing this weekend. Got one for you, Mido, before you go to a break. Top 10 batsmen in the world. Labashane 1, Smith 2, Travis Head 4, Kawaja 10. From England, they have Joe Root at number 5. Vaughny, give it a rest. What year is that from? That's Mm. now, current. Does anyone take those rankings seriously? No. But I do now just to let Vaughn know that our, <laughs> to prove you call it, right. our, our stock's okay. One thing I've got to say about you two uh, in horse ownership is that, you know, you've both sort of tipped us into it when you've had good reports. I've always given you a leg up. Always given you a leg up. So if With Foxy? Foxy Cleopatra, when Trent and Natalie have said she's ready to run... I let everyone know. So I give everyone a bit of a leg up. And that's one of the joys of being a horse owner, just letting your mates in on a little bit of a secret, you know, mm. to give them a bit of a hand and maybe win some money. That's all. And pretty wild. Pretty I remember Clarkie yeah. virtually mm. declaring her once, and yep. she did win. Yep. She followed through. Yeah, I'd like to be honest like, and let, let you know the listeners what the, know. Yeah. Well, my what? trainer's thinking, just to give you the option, if you want to yeah. jump on, then jump on. Yeah, you well, can opt in, you can opt out. Oh, I'm not making it. I'm just... Letting you know, like, I'm not going to hide the truth. If she's, if they reckon she's ready to rock, then I'm going to let you know. Well, guess what? Yesterday at Gosford, a horse called Jack Wooden Reward won. Oh, congratulations to the owners then. Yeah, one of the owners is joining us right now, Brad Davidson. Oh, Davo, really? morning to you. Morning, guys. <laughs> Davo. Where was that tip yesterday? <laughs> oh, guys, I, I didn't have a dollar on myself. I, I didn't think he could. Uh, look, the trainer was relatively confident, so he's been working well. Uh, Nathan Doyle's done a terrific job with the horse, but uh, 
yeah, guys, look, we, we bought him online a couple of years ago um, as a cheap purchase and he's had uh, a few a few setbacks along the way and, and he just, uh, you know, we, we were starting to think maybe it's, you know, maybe it's time we've got to find him a, a nice paddock and, and retire him and, um, yeah, it was a pretty special moment yesterday. Did you get up Sorry, there and have a look? Hey, yeah, I went there? There, yeah, yeah, I got up there to Gosford, and you can probably hear my voice, guys. I actually lost my voice. I was, <laughs> I was cheering that hard at the hundred meters to tell him to kick, kick, keep finding, and um, yeah, it was quite a, quite a special moment. So um, it was. Uh, yeah, sorry, there was no tip, but I didn't even have a dollar on myself. I didn't think he could win, and I thought he'd run maybe you know midfield, and we could build onto that into the preparation and try to find a race somewhere. So. Um, to win a race was uh, yeah, it was pretty special. So sorry about the no, no tip though. I do apologise. Well, massive congrats to you, Davo. The good news for us is it only paid thirteen dollars twenty on the New South Wales Toad. So you yeah, know, and, 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 and worst thing was it was about twenty three dollars in the morning too. So yeah, uh, there you go, Loz. You can deal with that. <sighs> well, you've just got to have to find me a winner on the weekend, Davo. All right. <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Yeah, no, it was um. One of my mates said, should I be having... Even my sister said, oh, I'll go and have a bit on. I said, Nick, have a dollar on because I don't think you can say she's not happy at all. I can can give you the tip. (laughs) I can only imagine. Uh, What about this all-star mile? The top 10's been announced. Yeah, the top 10's been announced, guys, and um, shaping up to be uh, a a cracking race. So there's a a stack of uh, of terrific horses in there. Um, One of the stories around it was... Uh, Keith, um, the the mailbag there did a big marketing campaign online and able to get this horse in the in the field and um, you know I think it's fair to say without the without the marketing campaign he would have he would have struggled to to make the make the uh, make the top ten so um, yeah you know that's what the race is about able to to do things like that and and try to um you know try to try to push your horse and and they did that and they spent a bit of money trying to get him in and um, they got him in the field so. Yeah, shaping up to be a cracking field, and um, yeah, you know all these new concepts like that um, are great. Only great for racing. Should be an interesting challenge stakes on Saturday because we see the return of the Tab Everest winner in Giga Kick, and there was uh, good uh, support uh, for it all in yesterday. In fact, into two dollars fifty after opening three fifty. Yeah, exactly. They backed it already, and uh, we saw what he did in the in the spring and. Um, obviously, partners happy to butter up first up there on the weekend. So look, he'll face a bit of opposition, but clearly the one with upside in the race. You know, the likes of Eduardo obviously um, was a bit disappointing sort of last preparation, and he's not getting any younger. Um, and we saw, you know, the likes of Nature Strip at the sort of same age level. I think Eduardo's even a year older. So um, we know that it's not getting any easier for those types of horses, and he definitely has all the upside. So. I'd be interesting to see if that holds when the final fields come out today. But um, look, it's looking likely he's going to start a, a well-backed favourite. And, um, yeah, excited to see him back and see what he can do this autumn, whether he can go on with it. You know, I've, I'm on the record saying that I think he got all the favours to win the, the Tab Everest. But saying that, um, you know, he, he's the one that can clearly continue to, to rise through the ranks and uh, excited to see what he can do this weekend. What do you make of the Randwick Guineas and the Australian Guineas being raced on the same day? Yeah, it's not good, Loz. At the end of the day, you know, there's a lot happening, of course, with the with the different states and the, the legal battle and all this thing. But, uh, you know, I think as, as a racing fan, you want to see these features be on different weekends. You want to see the the best horses racing both if we can and, and not dilute the product. So, you know, I think, uh, like many, would love to see the uh, the states work closer together and 
put the past aside and and uh, and and sort of yeah work closely together to make sure things like this don't happen in the future. Got a tip today? I've gone with race seven, number one, Cap de Joie at Sandown, guys. Really nice mare resuming, uh, fourteen hundred metres first up. She's tried well enough leading in, and she did, did a good job last preparation. I think she's quite talented and can go on to better things. So. We'll make her the best today. Race seven, number one at Sandown, Cap de Joie. Just been given a cuddle in the market as well. 250 to 240, Cap de Joie, Sandown, race seven, number one. Thanks so much, Davo. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Cheers.